The last verse that we read was Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. And I want to read that verse again and make a brief comment as a way of opening, not only for this message, but the general subject for the entire conference. But first I want to read, go back to verse 6 of Revelation 1. And John is speaking about Christ himself. And he said, he made us a kingdom. Not he will make us. He made us a kingdom. Priests to his God and father. To him be the glory <clears throat> and the might forever and ever. Amen. Christ, through his death and resurrection, has made us a kingdom. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and endurance in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I've never been to Patmos. I've heard that it's a rocky island. And he was probably about 90 years old, if not a little older. And when he wrote that verse that I just read, now be careful, think clearly, where was the Apostle John when he wrote that? Well, we might all say he was on the island of Patmos. Well, of course he was. That's where he was taken a kind of imprisonment there. But actually, while he was there on the island of Patmos, John was also in another realm. He said, I'm your companion in the kingdom. He was in the kingdom while he was physically on an island. And this indicates where he was actually living, spiritually speaking. As we all know, he is the one who wrote the Gospel of John. And he is the one who recorded the Lord's word in chapter 3, verse 3, unless one is born of the Spirit, one will not see the kingdom of God. But in verse 5, unless we are born of water and of the Spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So now I would ask you to open up meeting after meeting to consider something. 
And that is in your actual daily living as a human being on the earth, in a country, under a government of a certain age with various responsibilities and needs and situations. Just like more than 7 billion other human beings all over the earth. But can anyone in the spirit of a learner say, I'm living here on one of the islands. Oh, I'm here from Malaysia. I'm tuned in through Zoom. I'm here with most of you in New Zealand. But I'm learning something. I am simultaneously in another realm. I have been born of God. I have been born of the Spirit. I have been born of of the water in the sense I have been baptized to bury my old creation. I am in two realms at the same time. I am not just visiting the realm of the kingdom. I'm not a tourist. I'm not visiting people who live here. I was born here. I am living here. How many Christians all over the earth, our dear brothers and sisters, wherever they are, Whatever religious group they're in, I don't care right now. We just recognize they're born of God. They are redeemed. They're our fellow believers, children of God. How many have the inward realization of being in the reality of the kingdom of God? But those Tens of millions of people are not through Zoom in this conference meeting with us. So let's focus on us. Just consider this before the Lord as you're hearing this. Do you have the realization that you have been born into the kingdom of God? And you are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. I was born here. I have the right to be here. I have the responsibilities of living here. Does this thought ever cross our mind? Do we ever pray about this? Do we ever seek fellowship about this? Do we ever search through the ministry like the big book, The Kingdom? I think this is a great need, but also a wonderful opportunity for all of us to be enlightened by the shining God in Christ 
and to realize where we are in our spirit. The general subject, as you can see, is living in the reality of the kingdom of God. The word living. I have visited many dozens of countries. I could never say I live in South Korea or I live in Germany. I just visit there. I live in the United States. I live in the most difficult of the 50 states to live in, California. I live here. Every aspect of my human being as a man my age is lived out in this country. The word living refers nonstop, 24-7, all the aspects of our life. Living. Not going in and out. Living. In the reality of the kingdom of God. This is not a training. This is a conference. I'm aware of the difference and the different emphases. But if I were to ask this sub brother, one of the trainee brothers, to say, what is the reality of the kingdom of God? What is it? What is the reality? And what is it like living in this reality while you're a trainee or while you are home or while you are at work or while you are in a dentist chair? Whatever it is, living in the reality of the kingdom of God. I sincerely believe personally, I'm not teaching this, but I'm about to say, I'm not prophesying. I just personally believe that we are very near to the end of this age in God's economy. We are near the end of the age of grace. This is also the age of the church. And the age of mystery. And at the end of this age, there will be a remarkable change from one age to another. And that is revealed in the book of Revelation, especially. There will be the great tribulation. There will be all kinds of catastrophes and supernatural events taking place in the air, on the earth, in the sea. And then eventually the Lord will secretly come and rapture his bride and then return with his bridal army 
defeat the enemy, abolish human government, and manifest the kingdom of God on the earth. This will happen. And the Lord, when he came the first time by incarnation, he came alone as the firstborn son. When he comes again, he will not come alone. He will come as the glorified son of man, who is still the son of God, of course, with his bridal army. And he will establish his throne in Jerusalem. And all those that are with him, they will be co-kings. He will assign them to various parts of the earth. What the earth will look like, we have no idea. We know that in, in nature, there will be much recovery. Surely, there will still be millions and millions of people. And brothers and sisters who are alive right now, maybe many of us right here and right now, we will be among those raptured as described in Revelation 14. And we will be among those who come with our Lord as the bridal army. And we will be included among those who will be reigning with Christ on the earth. This will actually happen. It's not a dream. It is a revelation. It is a prophecy. And we are approaching that time. Now, when the Lord comes, and we know from Revelation chapter 1, when he comes with his bridal army, the whole earth will see him. The remaining Israelites will see the one whom they pierced. They will now see and believe in the only begotten son and the firstborn son. They will become the priests. And everyone on the earth will now know Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the God man. Jesus has come back to the earth. This will actually happen. And then there'll be a radical change. On the whole earth, I mentioned human government is abolished. There will be no more money. The deserts will be blossoming like a garden. And some saints who are hearing or will learn about and hear through video or recording this message will be among those coming with a victorious Christ. I'm speaking in principle now. And there will be many others who will not be 
with the Lord on the earth. Because when the Lord comes, that is the manifestation of the kingdom of God. He's coming in glory. It is visible. Everyone can see it. But now the kingdom of God is invisible to us. It is a spiritual realm. And all those, I emphasize strongly, who will be with the Lord when he comes to bring the manifestation of the kingdom to the earth. They will be those who have been living in the reality of the kingdom of God here and now. Simply knowing the kingdom truth is not sufficient. There's the matter of knowing what the reality of the kingdom of God is. And then then what it means to be living in the reality of the kingdom of God. That is the burden. Because the Lord in his loving concern for you and me and all of us. I mentioned this to the brothers. Romans 8.34. If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for us. And we all now have the opportunity not only to learn and to know the various aspects of the truth concerning the kingdom. We have the opportunity to learn how to live in the reality of the kingdom. Okay, what does this mean? What am I trying to say? In Matthew 24, toward the end of that chapter, the Lord says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So the world situation will be very much like that at the time of Noah, lawless, immoral, All kinds of violence everywhere. That's how it will be as the end approaches. Then the Lord went on to say, at that time, at that time. You can read these verses later. Two men will be in the field. One was taken. The other left. Two women were grinding at the mill. One was taken, the other left. Well, unbelievers cannot be raptured. This is referring to the rapture of overcoming living believers. And what were the two brothers doing? They're doing their ordinary daily work. What were the sisters doing? They were doing something they're very familiar with, various household work, preparing to make meals, whatever. All four 
are living a practical daily human life. But why was only one brother taken by rapture? Why was only one sister taken by rapture? Why? Well, it's because the brother who was raptured and the sister who was raptured had an inner sense deep in their being, in their spirit, that the Lord is bringing them away. Why did they have this inner sense? It's because while they were working, they were living in the reality of the kingdom of God. The two realms at the same time. And because the brother living in the reality of the kingdom and the sister living in the reality of the kingdom were in this realm, in the midst of their daily living, they could respond immediately to the rapture call. And then the brother and the sister left behind. They have to go through the great tribulation like everybody else on the earth, according to where they are. What their standing will be before the Lord, only he knows. But the Lord himself indicated to us in the Gospel of Matthew, he is the kingly Christ. This This is how the New Testament opens, on the kingdom of the heavens, on the king, on the reality of the kingdom, on the manifestation of the kingdom. And there's much teaching which we can't get into, chapters 5 through 7, on what is involved with living in the reality of the kingdom of God. I just quote one verse, and I especially need to quote this among really affluent cities and countries, especially with all saints, but especially highly educated young adults having a bright career and a well-paying job. Are they living out? Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things you need will be added to you. And so as your brother serving the Lord and serving you, there is something very much in my heart from the Lord concerning All of you. And of course, concerning myself and my wife. Because of a loving concern. There's the burden. That you will realize. As I said before, we're approaching the end of the age. 
Only the living overcomers will be co-kings with the Lord when he comes. And now we have the opportunity to see the truth concerning living in the reality of the kingdom of God. And then to learn how to live here in the midst of any and every human situation we're in. No matter what is happening to us, no matter what our health is, no matter about our family situation, no matter of our needs, no matter of what's going on in our country or on the earth, we cannot escape. But inwardly, we are living in the reality of the kingdom of God. And this now is being presented to all the children of God. And I just trust in the Lord's wisdom, his sovereignty, his mercy and grace. And I respect and honor the decisions made by all the saints. But it's an opportunity to consider living in the reality of the kingdom of God here and now. If I were, for some reason, migrate legally to New Zealand, and now I'm living there, and uh, then I buy or rent a car, and I get in the car, and I start driving on the right side of the road, will I not have some problems? And I say, I'm an American. We have, I have my, my, on the right, on the left side of the car, I have the steering wheel. Well, Mr. Ron, you're not in the America now, you're in another country. And uh, you got to learn the laws and the principles here. So you can just have a peaceful life in a new different country. So I needed to give this lengthy opening word, not just to the message, but to the conference. That according to our measure, we can open to the Lord. To be enlightened. To be motivated. To be encouraged and to be supplied about living in the reality of the kingdom of God. Now we come to message one, based upon 1 Thessalonians 2.12, called into God's kingdom and glory. Called by whom? By God, through the gospel. I did not know it when I was just a few weeks before turning 16 years old. And I was in a certain conference. And at the end of that time, 
when I stood up and gave a testimony, that is when I was regenerated. I was saved. I knew my sins were forgiven, that Christ is my righteousness. But I had no idea and no one could help me. After that meeting, no one could come and say, we appreciate your testimony. You have been born of God. You're a child of God. Read Romans 8, 16. The spirit witnesses with your spirit. You're a child of God. Ron, welcome into the kingdom of God. I would say, what? I'm in the state of Pennsylvania. I live in the state of Michigan. No, I'm not saying you don't live there. You're in another realm. For the next, that was 1955 until 1966, for 11 years, lost years, empty years. No one could teach me the truth concerning the kingdom. And that what happened to me when I was so young was my birth that brought me into another realm. But by the Lord's mercy, when I came into the Lord's recovery and began to listen and study the messages on the kingdom, the Lord enlightened me. So that time of salvation was actually, from God's point of view, a call. So many, beyond number, Christians are deceived and misled from the beginning. They would say, you believe in the Lord, and according to John 3.16, you have eternal life. That means you will go to heaven. You have been called to go to heaven. How many millions have been misled? And how blessed we are to know the truth. Called into God's kingdom and glory. Now the outline is quite full. And I'm managing my time in my spirit deliberately. So that there will be at least 20 minutes. For saints to respond, maybe more, that would be better. And I'll go through the whole outline, but I'll emphasize, as you will see, certain crucial sections. God has called us to enter into his kingdom and glory. The kingdom of God is the sphere for us to worship God and enjoy God. Under the divine ruling, with a view to entering into God's glory. So here's an aspect of the reality of the kingdom of God. It's a realm where we enjoy God. Romans 14, 16. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And here, when we live in this realm, we worship God. 
not just keep asking God for things. There's a need to pray. We worship him. And we sense we're under the divine ruling. We're under this wonderful authority. And our future is we're going to enter into God's glory. We are glory bound. B, Paul's work with the new believers nourished them, cherished them, and fostered them to walk in a manner worthy of God so that they might be able to enter into his kingdom and participate in his glory. That's when he came. So to walk in a manner worthy of God is to walk in our spirit and thereby live in the reality of the kingdom of God. The word walking here is not about just exercising step by step. It's a word that describes our daily living. Now we have a very long section presenting to us the kingdom of God in its entirety. Quite a a large view. Don't try to take it all in. Certain things will touch you. You'll have the outline if you want to study it further. Of course, the Lord will bless that. The New Testament is a book of the kingdom of God. The entire New Testament is on the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 2, what did that leader in the Roman Empire say? He was told, the king has been born. He's been born. And then he lied, Herod Herod lied, he said, uh, please tell me where he is. I want to come and worship him. No, he wanted to kill him. Because he knew a kingdom was coming. A king had been born. Then continuing in Matthew, when the Lord began his ministry, what did he preach? He preached the kingdom. He called for repentance. Same thing in Mark. Same thing in Luke. In John chapter 3, we read. He spoke about the kingdom. His ministry, his teaching, was focused on the kingdom. And actually, we know from Luke chapter 17, that he himself is the kingdom. And he sowed himself as the kingdom seed into us. So the New Testament is the kingdom book. We need to have this view of the entire New Testament from beginning to end. The kingdom of God is a divine sphere for God to work out his plan. Finally, he has a realm where he can do what he wants to do. There's some people on the earth who will cooperate with him. It is a realm where God can exercise his authority 
to accomplish what he intends. Do you think that the people that go to the United Nations meetings, that they're in a place where God can exercise his authority? No. If someone goes to the White House in Washington, D.C., where the president spends some of his time, is that the place where God can exercise his authority? No. What about the Apostolic Roman Catholic Church? No. What about the Church of Sweden? No. What about all the denominations? No. Where can God in Christ exercise his authority to accomplish his intention? It is among those people, preferably members of churches, local churches, who are in the realm of God's kingdom. And they can pray, Lord, may your kingdom come. We are here. We are kingdom people. Whatever is on your heart, may it be done. Be the kingdom of God is not only God's reign over the universe in a general way by his authority and power, but also God's reign in a particular way in the sense of life. So God rules us inwardly by the sense of life. And there we have the verses from John again. We have the eternal life in us, giving us the sense of the kingdom. See, as God incarnate, the Lord Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God, to establish a realm in which God can carry out his purpose through the exercise of his authority. Where on earth can God's will be carried out? Where are the people? Where are the meetings? I think it's just the straightforward fact. We're not boasting. The the realm are the genuine local churches in the Lord's recovery today. That can potentially be the kingdom realm. But we need to realize where we are. I'm not in just the church in Anaheim because I live here. Yes, I'm in the church of God in Anaheim. We'll see later in this outline. I'm not in the church only. I'm in the kingdom of God that the church is practically. A local church is the kingdom of God in a practical way. Point D is important. The New Testament preaches the gospel in the way of the kingdom. The gospel is for the kingdom. And the gospel is proclaimed so that rebellious sinners might be saved. Qualified and equipped to enter into the kingdom. There are certain countries especially that is quite difficult to to really preach the gospel in the way of the kingdom. Yes, the culture, just the mindset of the people. 
And uh, correct me, please. You can send me a text or an email to correct me. But in my various visits to Australia, I find that the Australian men are very difficult to reach with the kingdom gospel. It just seems that they're fully occupied with something else. But I definitely believe, as I'm speaking now, in that big country, as well as all the other countries represented here, God has chosen people who, through our gospel preaching, wants to call them into his kingdom. But on our side, we need to learn to proclaim the gospel to sinners. Christ came to save sinners, rebellious sinners. We should pray for this. E, in the New Testament, the kingdom of God goes with his salvation, and God's salvation goes with the kingdom. F, repentance is mainly for us to enter into the kingdom of God. What is repentance? It's to have a change of concept, a change of mind. So let me ask you a question. I don't expect an answer because it's not a training. When was the last time you repented? And you may say, well, I had a failure and I confessed my sin. Very good, faithful and true. And so you repented for having done that. But that's not the main meaning of repentance. It's to change your way of thinking. To change the concepts of your mind. And so for a Christian who has been taught through preachers again and again that you have been saved so you can have a place in heaven and that thought governs their mind and then they hear the kingdom truth no you were called into the kingdom you need a different thought you need to read the pure word of god you need the proper teaching that is repentance Turning our mind back to the spirit and letting go of concepts, ideas, opinions that have nothing to do with God. Now, section G is very important. It's somewhat unusual in the kind of truth that conveys is conveyed here. The kingdom of God is God himself. The kingdom of God is God himself. I'll come back to that. And God is life. Having the nature, ability, and shape of the divine life, which forms the realm of God's ruling. So the kingdom of God is not only objective. It's not only the whole universe our solar system, the earth, and everything and everyone 
there. That's his kingdom. This is true. But we have been born into another aspect of the kingdom. And that is the kingdom of, of the life of God. Now, let me try to make this clear this way. We may often speak of, or at least sometimes speak of, the animal kingdom. The animal kingdom. Well, what do we mean? Does that mean there are all these animals and there is one powerful animal? Maybe a lion, maybe uh, a hippopotamus, and he has conquered everybody. And now he rules over all the animals. No, the animal kingdom is the totality of all the animals with their life. So you put all the living animals together. They are the animal kingdom, the realm of animal life. Same with plant kingdom, the plant kingdom. There's not a a great big sequoia tree, hundreds of feet tall and saying, you, you must obey me. I am the tallest tree. I live for hundreds of years. That's ridiculous. It's all the plants. You have to be a plant with plant life to be in the plant kingdom. You have to be an animal with the animal life to be in the animal kingdom. We may speak of the human kingdom. Somewhere I have a book about that. Well, that is filled with human beings that have human life. But in the kingdom of God, who has the life of this kingdom? Only God. All the animals together are the animal kingdom. All the plants together are the plant kingdom. All the human beings together are the human kingdom. Animal life, plant life, human life. Now we're saying, we're talking about the kingdom of God as a realm of life. And only God has the life. That is why we can say, God is the kingdom of God as a realm of life. And what's on God's heart is that we would be born of God and enter into the kingdom of God and live forever in the kingdom of God having the same life that God himself has. We have been born into the kingdom of God as God himself, and we now have the life of God. We have the nature of God. We are being formed into the image of Christ, but we do not have the Godhead, never. Now the subpoints make this clear, I hope. The drawing near of the kingdom of God is the drawing near of God himself. The nature of the kingdom of God is divine because it is the kingdom of God with the divine attributes of love, light, holiness, and righteousness. So if we're living in the reality of the kingdom of God, we're living in a realm of love a realm of light. 
a realm of righteousness, a realm of holiness. Three, only by having the divine life can we enter into the divine realm. Just this morning, I received an email with a photograph from a dear married couple in Jerusalem, Israel. And they said, our second daughter has just been born. And they showed us uh, a picture of their first daughter, two years old, just really sitting close to the newborn baby, a few days old. And the little infant doesn't know where she is, but she was born into the human kingdom. And then we'll have the attributes of the human kingdom. Now, the principle is the same as we have been born into the kingdom of God. And it's a realm of love, of light, of truth, of joy, of righteousness. If we are living here, we should have more joy. That's an indicator. The kingdom of God is joy. In the Holy Spirit. For the only way to enter into the kingdom of God. Is to receive God as life. And to gain God himself. Five. Because through regeneration we receive the divine life. The life of God. Regeneration is the unique entrance into the kingdom. Regeneration is our second birth. Our first birth was our entrance into the human kingdom. Now we've been born of God. Our regeneration, our second birth, is our entrance into the kingdom of God. This is what we need to see, dear ones. This is what really the essence of the burden in this conference The reality of the kingdom of God consists of all the aspects of the divine life in in the kingdom of God. We're in a realm where the divine life rules. And the divine nature is the element And now there are all kinds of characteristics of living here. Sincerity, truthfulness, purity. The Lord himself taught us being poor in spirit, being pure in heart. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Being humble, becoming like a little child. So easy to learn something new. All of this just flows in this realm. And if. Sorry to say. I just know some situations. Among very experienced saints. Who've been here a long time. But love is totally lacking. Among certain ones. Because some are saying, we are right. What you did is wrong. So they're in the other tree. 
And one thing, it's so clear. There is no love there. You read First John again. It's possible even for brothers to hate others. There's a commandment to love one another as God has loved us. This is an aspect of living in the kingdom, to be poor in spirit, to be humble before the Lord, to be pure in heart, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be merciful, to live a life full of mercy, a life full of grace. Now we go on, as time is moving swiftly. H, through regeneration, we have been transferred into the delightful kingdom of the Son of God's love, a realm where we are ruled in love with life. I love Colossians 1.13. Father has delivered us from the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. And here we are ruled in love with life. This is the reality of the kingdom. It's a realm of peace. It's a realm of joy. It's a realm of life flowing a realm of life growing. Now we see it's a realm where love rules with life, with light. This is the most wonderful place in the universe, a delightful kingdom. The most enjoyable place is the kingdom. In Acts chapter 5, when the apostles had been arrested by the religious ones, and they were all beaten, like scourging with a whip or something or a rod. And then they were released. They went away rejoicing. They were full of joy that they had the privilege to suffer for the Lord's name. They were living in the realm of joy, of grace, of love, of peace, of light, this can go on and on. I, the kingdom of God is a realm of the divine species. In order to enter into this divine realm, we need to be born of God, to have the life and nature of God, thereby becoming God-men in the kingdom of God. So we've been born of God, and he is a unique species. We've been born of him, so now we are of the divine species. In this sense, we've been born of God. We have the life of God. We have the nature of God. This means we are God men. And so to live in the reality of the kingdom of God is to live a God man life. So this is something we need to explore and learn. At a certain time. J. The kingdom of God is the Lord Jesus. As the seed of life. Sown into his believers. And developing into a realm. Over which God can rule. As his kingdom. In his divine life. 
you read Matthew 17, verses 20 and 21, the religious ones ask, give us a sign of the kingdom, of the coming of the kingdom. And the Lord would say, no, the kingdom of God is among you. What? Who was among them? The Lord Jesus. He said, I am here. The kingdom of God is here. Then we have the verses in Mark about the seed sown. And now the Lord, who is the kingdom, is the one who has sown his self into us as the kingdom seed. What a wonderful person. He is the kingdom. Now he's a little seed sown into us, into our heart. And hopefully this seed is growing. It's developing. So there's a kingdom within us. That was in one of our hymns. It's the inner reigning. So on the one hand, the kingdom is a realm in which we are learning to live. On the other hand, it is Christ himself as the kingdom seed, a tiny seed sown into us. But the kingdom life in nature is in the seed, both of which are Christ himself. And now hopefully it's growing to fill our whole being. So we are inwardly kingdom people. Okay. The eternal kingdom of God is the increase of Christ in administration. And so the the more the Lord enlarges his kingdom by bringing more into the kingdom and training us to live in the kingdom, the more he enlarges his administration. He He has a place to rule on the earth. Now, point L is a very important section because it concerns the church life. And before I read and comment on this, I want to point out, maybe by asking you a question. If someone, let's just say a friend, a member of your family, who's not meeting with us, but you have a good relationship, and sometimes they ask sincere questions, and you can respond or you have a friend at work or school they want to know well what church do you go to and one brother when he was asked someone said what church do you go to and he said the well the one who asked the question was didn't know what to say he said well what church do you go to the What? The local church. The church in a locality. Read the Bible. Or some may say the church is the house of God. And it is. The church is the family of God. It is. But has it dawned on you? Is it real to you? The local church where you are in right now is the kingdom of God in a practical way. By being in a local church, whether you know it or not, you are not only in the 
father's house. You are in God's kingdom. And only the Lord knows how many of the dear brothers and sisters in the Lord's recovery realize where they are. When I came into the church life in 1966, knowing virtually nothing, I studied theology. Oh, wow. I had to let that go. I didn't know life. I didn't know the kingdom truth. But I have a deep sense. I'm in another realm. And the first living brother I met. He was from the church in Los Angeles in the northern part of California serving the Lord. And I met him and some others in a Saturday evening meeting in a home. And I was kind of awakened. I realized this is another species of Christian. This is what I thought. The Lord will bear witness. I'm a Christian. I know that. I know I'm saved. But you're in another realm. Then I found out, no, I'm, I'm in another realm. I'm not just in a local church standing on the ground of oneness. I'm in the kingdom of God. And I'm in the house of God. I can't say I want to be in the house, but not in the kingdom. We don't have that choice. I start with point L again. Today, the believers live the kingdom life in the church. For the church is the kingdom of God in this age. In Matthew 16, Peter received the revelation. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then the Lord went on to say, I will build my church. Then he spoke about the kingdom. Christ, church, kingdom. And when John obeyed the Lord to send the scroll, the record of Revelation, to the seven churches, he was sending them to his companions. All those churches were the kingdom in a practical way. Everyone in a local church is in the kingdom of God in this age, whether we know it or not, or whether we like it or not. And some don't, because they don't want to be under rule by anything or anyone. They don't want to be under the genuine authority in any way. The church life is the kingdom in a developmental stage a preliminary stage. So just like the seed of the kingdom is growing in us, the the church is the kingdom as a developmental stage of the realm of the kingdom. And so in Jerusalem, you had the 120. They are in the kingdom of God. They are meeting as the church in Jerusalem. Then through Peter's gospel preaching, 3,000 are saved and baptized. Now 3,120 are now in the kingdom. The kingdom is expanding. This is the development 
a preliminary stage. I say again, those who will be in the manifestation of the kingdom are those who have lived in this developmental stage corporately and lived in the reality of the kingdom of God personally. Two, when the authority of God's kingdom is allowed to operate in us, righteousness, peace, and joy will characterize our daily life. Okay? When we allow the authority of God's kingdom. Will we? We're not robots. We're not puppets. We can make choices. We have a will. We can allow the authority of God's kingdom to operate in us. You can simply pray that to the Lord. Lord, I choose to be under your rule. Lord, I pray for the authority of the kingdom to operate in me. If this happens, righteousness characterizes our daily life. Peace characterizes our daily life. Joy characterizes our daily life. So this now is touching. I quote that part of the verse. The kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Spirit. So now you and I are in different time zones. And so for me, it is April 15th. For you, it's April 16th. We're halfway through the month. Just consider on the last two weeks. Just think about it. In your daily living, how much joy has there been? Can you say joy characterizes my daily life? I have to just give you a personal learning testimony. I knew that verse very well. And for a long time, I just stopped with righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. I'm living a life of righteousness. I'm in the kingdom. Then I realized, well, that issue is in joy. Uh, sorry, sorry, peace. Righteousness is the basis for peace. And now I know as long as I'm at peace, I'm living in the reality of the kingdom. But then someone very close to me who had the ground to speak to me directly. This is a few decades ago. Said, Ron, you are robbing yourself of so much joy in the Lord. Something happened to me when I was 19. Something that injured me very deeply. And I was still was seeking the Lord's will. I still believed in him. But I could not believe there was any such thing as joy. Those are shallow people. If anyone knows what human life is really like, how can there be joy? 
then that combined with a certain disposition, I was robbing myself. Now I realize, Lord, I want to experience the whole verse of Romans 14, 17. Joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not joy we stir up. Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love. What's the second point? Joy. Our joy is the strongest indicator, along with peace and righteousness, that we are really living in the kingdom of God, in our daily life. Joy in our daily life. Three, the work of the church is to bring in the kingdom of God. That's the prayer. Your kingdom come. Four, God's goal is that we live the church life that will usher us into the kingdom. This means that we should live in the preliminary stage of the kingdom that will lead us into the full manifestation of the kingdom. What a privilege but also what a responsibility to live in the church life. M, the New Testament emphasizes the cross, the church, and the kingdom. The cross produces the church, and the church ushers in the kingdom. N, to enter into the kingdom of God, we need to pass through sufferings. To be, quote, accounted worthy of the kingdom of God, end quote. We need our faith to grow, our love to increase, and our endurance to be maintained. Remember Revelation 1.9? <clears throat> I am your companion in the kingdom and in endurance. We are in and we are heading for more suffering times but in the kingdom Christ is our endurance oh after we have entered into the kingdom of God through regeneration we need to go on to have a rich entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by experiencing the full development of the divine life as revealed in Second Peter 1, 5 through 11. This requires a whole conference, not just a message. But in those verses, Peter takes us on a journey, beginning with faith. Received from God, we've been born of God. Now the divine life is growing and developing to maturity until it reaches the highest point, love, agape. And this growth to maturity in the divine life will be our entrance into the coming kingdom of God. P, as a result of the growth and development of the divine life to maturity and of living in the reality of the kingdom in the church life today, we will inherit the kingdom of God. That means we will receive the kingdom as a reward when we stand before the son of man on that day because he's coming as the king 
with his kingdom. And when he receives us, he's receiving us into the kingdom. But that is the result of the growth and the development of the divine life to maturity. And it is the result of living in the reality of the kingdom and the church life. So we need growth, development, maturity, living, reality, church life today. That will enable us to inherit the kingdom, to receive the kingdom as a reward and make us co-kings with the reigning Christ for a thousand years. This matches the burden in the beginning that we need to live in the reality of the kingdom of God today to be among those who are in the manifestation of the kingdom when the Lord comes back and reign with him for a thousand years in the kingdom as his co-kings. And then I just read the last section. God's glory goes with his kingdom and is expressed in the realm of his kingdom. The kingdom of God, the kingdom is the realm for God to exercise his power so that he may express his glory. He can be expressed. Glory is God expressed. The shining of the kingdom is for the glorification of the Father. The kingdom of God is God being manifested through us. The expression of God from within us is the kingdom. You read in Matthew 13, it speaks of the the co-kings in the millennium. And the Lord said, the righteous will shine like the sun in the day of their father. We will shine because we've been living in light under the shining Christ for years and years. D, 1 Thessalonians 2.12 indicates that we enter into the kingdom of God and into the glory of God simultaneously. So the more you're entering into the reality of the kingdom in your personal life and church life, the more you're being transformed into the Lord's image from glory to glory. You're being glorified just as you are learning to live more in the reality of the kingdom. And the last point, the kingdom of God is God's manifestation in his glory with his authority for his divine administration. The kingdom of God is God's manifestation in his glory with his authority for his divine administration. Hence, to enter into the kingdom of God and to enter into the express glory of God take place at the same time as one thing. So inwardly, in our Christian life, and corporately, in our church life, may we be entering into the kingdom of God and into the glory of God so that the happy day will come when all of us together, when the kingdom of God is manifested, we will enter into the kingdom of God and enter into the glory of God all together simultaneously. Oh, I just love to think about this. Entering into the kingdom 
and entering into the glory of God with you all together. I don't know if I'll ever get to see you. I hope I can in person in New Zealand, but I hope even more that I'll see you again when we gather together in the kingdom and in the glory of God. What a goal we have. What a motivation for us to learn to live in the reality of the kingdom of God. Amen.